You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Badybar and Kevin Gieszewski. Each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Skinny, as per usual. Well, thanks, Bob. I appreciate that because I've definitely put on some pandemic pounds. So <laughs> I don't think that's what you meant, is it? Nope, nope. It's just this live video thing. Hey, while I'm messing around with this, welcome to the Bob and Kevin show. I'm Bob Beatty Bar and that other guy on the screen. It's Kevin Gisheski. The skinny guy that I'm going to widen out here. There we go. <laughs> Widening right. center, that is this Kevin. It's probably lovely podcasting audio here. What are they doing? What are they talking about? So what Bob's doing here is trying to adjust us in the live stream. So if you haven't figured it out, we have a live stream, and Bob's going to tell you exactly where we're available for this live stream. We are we are live streaming. For those of you that are seeing us, this is going to seem really redundant, but we are live on Facebook, so you can follow us there. We're live on the YouTube channels, so you can follow us on YouTube we're actually live on Periscope, but I don't know how much longer Periscope is available to the world. Um, and finally, we are streaming live on Twitch. And you can find us on all those crazy-ass platforms at Bob and Kevin Show. Kevin, I don't know if you're yes. aware of this. This is episode number 90 for us. We finally broke out of the 80s. <laughs> That's great, because I felt like we started like episode 82 years ago. But it probably wasn't that long ago, but it's felt that long. We've had some challenges getting into the quote unquote virtual studio, I would say. Uh, but, um, you know, we got a long way to go still in 2021 and hopefully we will get well into the hundreds before the end of this year. That's what I'm hoping for. How about you, Kevin? Yeah, uh, I am. I'm, I'm going to be candid here i was a little worried if we were gonna hit that number after seeing the news this week i'm like bob are you okay and of course i don't hear from him for like hours he leaves me in suspense i think he did it on purpose but uh i, I did, did hear not. from him because bob is from boulder colorado and you can probably fill in the blanks there so we're glad you're safe bob everyone in your family so we appreciate you're gonna be here for yeah. many more episodes hopefully <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, we did have a little bit of uh, unnecessary violent excitement here in the Boulder area. Um, we won't talk about it a lot today because I, I don't really think that there is any uh, tech connection yet. There's been no uncovered manifesto, and I saw copies of the Facebook feed, and to be honest, they don't look any more crazy than uh, probably some of your favorite friends. And I'm not talking about me and Kevin. I'm talking about all of you <laughs> out there in television and radio land. So, uh, yeah. So I think this we, is my Boulder move. Cup, by the way. This uh, I'm showing it on uh, the live stream. This is a company I used to work at in Boulder, oh, yeah. Colorado back in the day. Like one of my favorite cups. Now, completely awkward segue. Um, I have two, not one, but two Bob friends uh, on the Starlink 
uh, train. One has gotten their Starlink um, up and running. The other is uh, purchased their equipment. They're on the waiting list. I'm I'm on the waiting list, but I haven't given them my money because of the numbers I started seeing with Starlink um, aren't much better than what I'm doing now. But that's not what today's show is. I just want to plant a seed for a future episode. We're going to have uh, one, if not two guests, um, tell us about their Starlink experience. I've already been getting some uh, feedback, speed tests, um, how big the dish is. It's a little 23-inch dish um, <laughs> s- sitting in his backyard right now. He wants to put it on the roof. Anyway, it's a little bit of a uh, teaser for the future with Starlink. Well, so I have a very important question, though. Yes. Um, you mentioned that you have two friends named Bob that are getting Starlink. I must have totally been thinking. I must have had a Freudian slip there. They're, neither one are named Bob. One's actually named Ben, and the other is Scott. So <laughs> Okay. I, I'd have to rewind the tape, but I, uh, I, I thought it said, I thought you said, I have two Bobs that are in Starlink. So well, it, is a, it is a common uh, name. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I have what many are Kevins. I wouldn't be shocked if you had many Bobs. So. You know what? That's funny you mention that. I don't think they 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 make any more Kevins after like the eighties. You know, after maybe maybe after 90, 1990, 91 with Home Alone, but after that, I just don't think they make Kevins anymore. I, I haven't met a young well, one yet. I definitely have my fair share of Kevins. So, yes. Um, what is it we are talking about today, Bob? You want to want to whet everyone's appetite? Uh, I don't know if it's going to whet everyone's appetite. It might frustrate some people, but uh, I think we're going to be talking about uh, NFTs today on the show. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, even though it's been quite the buzz, uh, Kevin, do you want to? Are, are you in charge of our uh, Wikipedia definition of what an NFT is? Because that's usually you, what you're known for. You betcha, and uh, Mister uh, <laughs> or Miss Wikipedia, depending on what voice you want to use for your inner monologue to read along here. I'm going to use my my male voice here. A non fungible token NFT is a unit of data on a digital ledger called a blockchain. Hmm, we've heard of that before. <laughs> where each NFT can represent a unique digital item, and thus they are not interchangeable. NFTs can represent digital files such as art, audio, video items in video games and other forms of creative work while the digital files themselves are infinite or infinitely redu- or reproducible. I can't read the NFTs representing them are tracked by the underlying blockchain and provide buyers a proof of ownership blockchain, such as Ethereum and flow have their own token standards to define their use of NFTs. Can I translate that for you, Bob? Or not yeah, necessarily really for quick. you. Yeah. Did you did you go over what the initial stand for? I'm sorry, I was I got non fungible token, <laughs> non fungible uh, token. And um, for those playing at home, fungible, uh, it means it's not swappable. Like a dollar bill would be fungible because every dollar bill is worth the same amount of money, but an NFT has a unique value. Correct. It is so. Think of it the, the way I'm trying to rationalize this for myself is I can have. A JPEG that I created in Photoshop. I can save it to my desktop. I can make a copy of that. Those are still fungible at this point. One is an exact copy of the other. So what a non-fungible token becomes is, well, what if I take two, the oh, two copies and make the, make the left one an identifier, basically, and the right one have another identifier, but they're the same thing. But now we can say, you know what? I sold Bob 
copy number one and Kevin is retaining copy number two, even though it's the same picture. So that's kind of what they are. Um, and then we use the blockchain when I say we, not me, not you, uh, but people who own uh, NFT um, marketplaces, they have uh, the ability to basically record who owns what. One of the most important or one of the first ones that went out recently was uh, Jack's very first tweet. So it's not just an image or an audio file. It can just be a concept sort of, you know, if somebody out there says I own Jack's first tweet. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I don't know if this necessarily bumps us to the end of the program, but um, the <laughs> first question I have, and I'm sure many people out there listening, uh, many, any of the four that are listening out there right now, oh, sorry, three, um, <laughs> why? Why are we doing this? Why? Um, I think, we, you know, it's kind of like movies in Hollywood. At some point, they're like, okay, guys and gals. We've run out of ideas. So now we're going to do reboots of all of those other movies we already did that were really good, but with like The Rock is the st action star, you know. And so what I think is going on here in the tech world is, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I could copy something infinitely and then sell them each individually? Because a typical digital item is, oh, yeah, I'll take a copy and it's fungible. You know, to use their terms. I don't like the term anyway, but to use the term, I can, so I sell digital art on Etsy. If you download a copy of that, that's fungible. But if I say, no, 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 this one right here, and I put it up on, on Etsy or eBay and go, if you want to be the owner of this one, you can have the privilege to say you own that one. And then when that changes hands from me to you, to from that person to somebody famous, the value goes up. So I'm looking at this and going, wow, this is really cool and really unnecessary, which just seems to be a concept of the blockchain, right? Well, yeah, I knew we were going to eventually get to blockchain. I mean, <laughs> is this, I mean, I think we covered this 20 plus episodes ago when we, you know, and we were jokingly saying blockchain, all the things people have been saying that it's, you know, it's not any kind of revelationary thing, but is this something that like is blockchain marketing in some weird, strange way? Like, why do we need, I mean, I guess that I can see the need to have a ledger. I get that, you know, digital transfer of digital ownership. How do I know if I have original or if I have a copy, you have the token, this, you know, this actually shows this specific piece of digital information that has changed hands one to infinite number of times, but it's got a record where if you bought a painting at an auction that had maybe a paper certificate and something that showed a trail of ownership that could be forged. And in theory, the blockchain ledger cannot correct. Correct. And you just made me think of maybe a potential practical use of NFTs. Let's say I want to go to a t-shirt place and they said, Hey, do you have some artwork? And I say, yeah, I do. I have a copy of Mickey mouse. And they say, do you own a copy of Mickey mouse, Kevin? Do you really, <laughs> they could go to some, um, blockchain checker and go, well, let me take their artwork and check. Yes. This is actually registered to you, Kevin, because it shows right here that you bought it. We'll go ahead and print that copyrighted image here because clearly you have authorization to do so. Now, if that didn't exist, 
what I would do is I would take the picture of Mickey Mouse and you'd probably print it anyway because you want to make my 20 bucks <laughs> or 50 bucks. But I'm just saying there is the ability to say, well, do you really own this? I know you have a copy, but do you have a legitimate copy is could be answered. Well, that's a whole nother question that that brings up, because in theory, I mean, not even in theory, I guess it's just a question. Could NFTs be licensed? Yes. I guess it would just be individual copies, right? Individual tokenized copies licensed out to various entities. At the end of the day, I think an NFT is simply a digital thing with a digital fingerprint and its transaction history is recorded on the blockchain. End statement. That's it. it it's, it's the same thing as it's the dollar bill with a serial number. So even though, I mean, if you think about it, a dollar bill is a non-fungible token, if you consider the serial number, if you don't consider the serial number, Right. It is then they're all the same because I can right. hand you my dollar bill and you can hand me yours back. And those two dollar bills are actually worth the same amount of money. Exactly. But but with an NFT, the value set by the buyer, I could have two images of Mickey Mouse and I could sell you one for a hundred dollars because you're a big Disney fan. And I could sell somebody else one for a dollar because that's all they'd be willing to pay for it. Do you ever watch Pawn Stars? I've been actually watching some of the later episodes on the nope. channel. Have not. So, Can't say that I have. So one thing that gives things value in the in the tangible world is who owned it before you. So if I have a something that, you know, um, let's call it a guitar. If I have a guitar that was owned by Eddie Van Halen. That's going to be worth more than a guitar of the same model that wasn't owned by Eddie Van Halen. So there is a, what do they call it? Uh, Providence or Providence. Basically, they want to know what's the history. How do you know Eddie Van Halen owned this, Kevin? So it really, blockchain and NFTs kind of solve that and go, here is the chain of custody of that guitar and whatnot. So <laughs> please silence you know, your cell phones. <laughs> oh, you heard that, huh? Uh, so, who, who wants to get a hold of me right now? Don't they know I'm podcasting? Um, so what I think the intent here is is to go, okay, this is a unique item. It's a di unique digital item. And then we can show who owned this. And if Elon Musk owned this digital item, somehow, some way people will go, ah, it's worth more because Elon Musk, you know, bought it at once a time. They didn't buy your Mickey Mouse, Bob. They bought this one, which, you know, to the lay person who doesn't have the kind of coin that I seen moving around on some of these NFTs, we're like, yeah, whatever. I'll just take any picture of Mickey Mouse. But to a collector who has the the disposable income that I don't have, <laughs> will care about that, right? So it's not even the uniqueness of the image necessary that could enhance the value. It could be the contents of the ownership ledger that actually yes. creates or enhances the value of the NFT. Um, speaking of practical uses of this NFT craze is it not really it's not really technology it's the technology's blockchain. I have a perfect example of how this is actually could work for the good of society. This is going to uh -oh. blow your mind. Here I don't know go. if you saw that saw this example. Um our society is full of dirt bags in, in case you didn't know and apparently dirt bags will send unsolicited electronic images of their junk. Are you familiar with the term dick pic, Kevin? I am. I am familiar. <laughs> Unfortunately, so, I, uh, I or no one I know suffers from getting random ones luckily. or actually intentional ones. Oh, that was awkward. 
<laughs> now, I can't take claim for this, but this is brilliant beyond all brilliance. So let's say that you receive one of these unsolicited genitalia photos. Uh, the idea is you take that photo and you put it in an NFT auction and you put the name of the person who sent you said unsolicited photo as the artist. And then you send a link to that person who sent you that unsolicited junk photo and say, it's out there. You should probably buy it. And you set the price. It's not an auction. <laughs> it's you set the price. <laughs> Isn't there two violations there? Isn't that, would that be considered a revenge porn and B extortion? I'm just asking. Well, can, can it be an extortion on a unsolicited, like you can't just put pornography on somebody's device. So I, I think that this might be a case I, where two wrongs I'm just going to hold my hand and say, right. <laughs> not that I'm condoning it, but why not? And where's the law that says you can't? I mean, I get it that you shouldn't, <laughs> but one is I shouldn't. The other two are illegal. I'm just asking. Well, that's a good question. I wonder if somebody out in the audience could educate us. Um, if someone does, if you do receive one of those, is there any legal recourse? But anyway, I still thought it was pretty brilliant to put the author's name out there. And it's under the guise of art, right? Some art is naked bodies, so it's not really pornography. So, well, I mean, if, I, if you I gave me a picture, if you gave me a picture of Mickey Mouse, Okay, uh, I was not going to give you the other kind of picture. <laughs> Does that not make me the owner since you gifted it to me? Um, it depends. So this is very interesting because this happens a lot in like video games. So when we were younger, you could go to the video game store. You could buy a tangible copy of Super Mario Brothers and I could sell that on eBay. I could transfer ownership and whatnot. Eventually, Nintendo says, no, F that. We don't like that. And they actually tried to stop people from doing that. But when it comes to digital items, I believe when you purchase a lot of digital items these days, they say they're non-transferable. Right. So that's and a purchase. Correct. But so you're you saying if I just create something? Yeah, if you take a picture of your guitars, say, for example, you're like, yes. hey, Bob, check out my guitars. And I'm like, ooh, that's a cool photo. I'm going to make a print of it and give you artist credit and sell it. And I, I, would, I would, without reservation, say I could sue you because copyright law says I'm the original artist and I do not infer any sort of transfer of rights to you simply because I've shared it with you. All right, I, so I would die on that hill. So I give you artist credit and put it on eBay. What can you sue me for just to take it down? Or could you just sue me for the sale price? Uh, well, I could go after you for it's a, it's a civil tort. So I could go after you for punitive damages to prevent you to discourage you in the future. So it's, you're not just limited to sale because that's a, I think a conflation of what a lot of uh, fine tech says, Hey, you can't sue us any more than what, what our service was. If there's no contract, no that, there is no bounds. There is no limit. Statute of limitations would dictate that. Okay. <laughs> so let, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's migrate this away from dick pics because I think we kind of did. Some of the NFT or a majority of the NFT art that I'm seeing is derivative art, right? Like I think non-cat, neon, yeah, I'm showing my lack of pop culture from the through time but non-cat was one of the pieces i've seen you know like just you know 
digital manipulations of already existing art, but it's derivative, and then they're NFTing it. So I mean, so if law were easy, we well, I'll, I'll just put it out there. If law were easy, we wouldn't need lawyers. We wouldn't need Congress or anything. They'll say, hey, we made all the laws we need. Congress dissolved. Everyone go home. Lawyers, you know, forget <laughs> about it. So because we, we, we live in a society where everything is, well, what can you prove? And what can you negotiate? And that's that's laws and lawyers in a nutshell. So there is no, obviously, oh, well, if there's no flow chart that's going to stand the test of time. So you can do whatever you want. I tell my kids all the time. You can do whatever you want as long as you're okay with the consequences. That's all I'm saying. You know, and my Truth. kids say, you know what? <laughs> I, I I understand what you're saying there. Dad, can I do this? You can. But you know what? You got to be okay with consequences. Son or daughter, I can't tell you what to do, but I can certainly make you regret not doing it <laughs> or whatever <laughs> it is. That's a, that's a very military thing. So um, I... You know, uh, I've done photography. So when I take pictures of photos or I purchased uh, or had a photographer, just because they took a picture and it's of you, you actually don't own those pictures, even though it's a likeness of you because you hired them. They own the rights and you have to acquire the rights from them to print them. So, so it's really tricky. So what if I took that picture of your guitars that you sent me and I ran a quick Photoshop yep. filter on it that made it look like a sketch and I still gave yep. you artist credit? Could I sell it as an NFT? You you can do anything you want, Bob, but I can take <laughs> you to court and we can argue it out. <laughs> so as your friend, I wouldn't do that to you. So there's that. Secondly, you could also file, your lawyer may go, hey, it's a fair use. We took it. We made a derivative there, you know, and then you can argue it out in court. I don't think there's any kind of clear sort of, oh, yeah, I'm good. Here's why. Even if you, even if there's a law that says, Bob, you're good, don't worry about it. Somebody can still sue you and take you to court and argue. That Very law fair. doesn't make sense. Here's why. <laughs> so, All right. So I lied about I'm dick pics. We're going to go back to dick pics. So <laughs> damn it. Some, somebody sends an unsolicited dick pic. You run a Photoshop filter on it or not. You give the person who sent it to you artist credit and you put it up as an NFT with a price of $500. Like, here, take this, right. you asshole. You sent me a dick pic. I'm going to make you buy it for $500 to get it off the internet. <laughs> so right. instead of doing that, you're going to sue me and you're going to say, yeah, I sent this unsolicited dick pic and ah, touche. Now it's online. I'm going to sue that person because it's my likeness. Well, yep. or my have you ever, my jokes well, likeness. So, Hold on. Hold on. So have you ever taken business law? I had to take business law for, for actually in high school. Full disclaimer. So no, you've got, have not. <laughs> you've got, you've got criminal law and you've got civil law. Civil law is a tort. So somebody can bring a tort and guess. So in criminal law, like murder, you typically have to have a, uh, you know, majority you're going to jail for murder forever at a unanimous decision for Civil torts, you don't. You just need a majority opinion. And on top of that, they can say, you know what, Bob, you're 40% at fault. Kevin, you're 60% at fault. Let's do the math. Whoever's a 60% at fault, you're going to pay 20% to the other guy. That's totally possible. It's not a winner take all. The, the oh. judge can come at you and be like, two wrongs don't make a right, fellas. 
So you were wrong and you're wrong and you're more wrong over here for doing it because now he just gave you a dick pic, which is wrong. But you took it to the extreme by extorting him. And, you know, let's say, well, I ended up murdering Kevin because he sent me a dick pic. So I'm good, right? Because he was wrong first. No, right, no, no, hold on. Yep. Hold, you, I like the logic there. And I also like I know it's you, extreme. No, but sometimes pointing out the absurd is what makes it, you know, w- w- is the is the ultimate litmus test. But I also like the fact that you brought up revenge porn too, because there is legislation against that. So in that right. regard, that dick pic could actually be protected, which is crazy. <laughs> A protected dick pic. So. Um, obviously jurisdictions matter because the laws in California are not the same as they are in Boulder as they are here in little Columbia city, Indiana. So it also depends on jurisdiction. And then when you do things over the internet, you actually you cross juris- state lines, which then you said jurisdiction. Addiction. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the, oh man, this is like a drinking game. How many times can they say dick in a syllable? Take a drink. Um, so what I'm getting at is, uh, it depends on your jurisdiction. And when you cross state lines, it becomes a federal jurisdiction. So not only that, you, you know, it's what does the feds say? So I would be careful, you know, um, but what you're saying sounds like a perfect thing that somebody would say on Twitter to get likes and retweets. Oh, here's what I did. I'm Mr. And Miss Clever. Ha ha ha. Well, okay. You, you go with me. that. You let me know how that works out, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, so we've pointed out some flaws in that little scheme for sure. Uh, so, all right, but let me take it to another level. We are, I promise, we're getting away from dick pics now. What actually, a- actually, let me, let me ask you one more thing. Yep. If somebody sent you boob pics and you did the same thing, do you think society would, would do the likes and retweets on that too? Well, that's a whole nother can of worms. I, I- would say no, and there is a double standard, and... That is not today's episode, but I'm just no. saying ponder it because if che- the roles Chelsea were Handler, reversed, Chelsea Handler would probably have some commentary on that, but she has not returned my request to be a guest on the show. So, <laughs> all um, right, sorry, continue. All right. So we've established that there is some nature to derivative, but you can only, you know, it, it's going to be whoever p- pushes the hardest, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. what about art being sold, generated and for those listening, when this episode goes on audio, I'm air quoting generated by artificial intelligence. And you'll, uh, you'll know we're talking going. about the Sophia thing, right? So can you set the table a little more about yes. what Sophia did recently? So the NFT craze is grabbing on, as Kevin mentioned earlier, you know, Jack's original tweet is one of those things. And there's all kinds of pieces out there all over the place now at the various little, on sale auction places. But uh, just the other day, it was a story that was carried pretty much in its entirety by Reuters. So there's got to be some connection with Hanson Labs and Reuters there somewhere. But basically a publicity stunt in my eyes. Spoiler alert. But Sophia the robot, who is an artificial intelligence quote unquote life form that we've debated on the show before generated some derivative art as a partnership with a known artist that was turned into an NFT and auctioned off and it earned $788,888 was the final selling price. I believe that's what it got up to. Wasn't it? Wasn't it six? Oh, it might've been six, eight, eight, eight. Yeah. 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 
Because it was like an absurd number. I'm like, wow, it's a weird number. Anyway, continue. yeah, sorry, it was almost seven hundred thousand. Um, and the the bidder that won it, their handle for the auction was eight eight eight. So there was a whole thing going on there too. It was really bizarre. But first of all, I mean, obviously she is property of Hanson Robotics, even though she holds citizenship which is also another weird thing. But anyway, so this robot generated an NFT. I could see the the kitsch in that. Like I own the first artificial intelligence entity because you and I debated that briefly and decided it was show content <laughs> um, artwork. But in the grand scheme of things, you or I could easily write a program to generate these things all day long. How is that any different? What's yeah, he? so, oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's let's unpack all this <laughs> because I don't really think Sophia's artificial intelligence. Let's just go with that because Hanson why? Robotics because I might have artificial something to say about that. Of course they would. Their stockholder or they're in charge of their stock value. So of course they would. Of course it is, Kevin. So of course I would say, well, what do we call artificial intelligence in a video game? You know, when you play against computer in you know pong back in the day is that ai or not or is this suddenly ai what what are we defining as ai this is and this isn't so a there it's really cloudy then secondly we have you can go online right now and say take a picture and create like an 8-bit nintendo version of this you know it's called like 8-bitify you know something is that artwork yes is it ai well i didn't do it a computer did so is Sophia really the first one? No, not even close. But that's when I start going, wait a second, what are we defining AI? Is because she, her computer case has arms and a head? Is, oh, now that's AI. Right. Because we personified it. That's where I think people are just like going, you know, ridiculous about this is AI. They're going to take over the world. Why? Because that, that CPU and that hard drive is in a case that looks like a mannequin. It's <laughs> end of days are nigh. Well, okay. Well, what we need to do now is overspend on um, this computer elite or computer generated output because now it's an NFT and now people say, oh, it's the first AI artwork. And I just roll my eyes to the point where I give myself a little bit of eye strain. That's all I'm saying. Well, and you know, Adobe has Adobe Sensei, which is their artificial intelligence engine that can also help craft and generate, you know, artwork for lack of a better term. I'm doing air quotes, even though I'm not doing air quotes, I'm doing it in my, with my eyes. Um, you know, so <laughs> again, it, it's not the first one generated, but of course all the banter around this is that the fact that Sophia can do art. Now I'm doing actual air quotes. I'm good turn into scare quotes yeah i'm gonna turn into uh frank black or whatever what is what's the guy's name lewis black i have no idea the angry comedian lewis black angry old man i'm turning into him but anyway you know the 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 chatter around this is that the simple fact that sophia can create artwork means that she's that much closer to you know being being human (laughs) you know you know what time it is bob (laughs) what time time is it kevin Pay the bills. So, Bob, oh. you want to go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about how the sausage is made here at the Bob and Kevin Show? Damn, good on you, because I was so passionate. I was never going to get to that. Uh, I just realized we're halfway in here. We better pay the bills. Yeah, sorry again, Josh. We'll really get better at this. You could always just 
copy and paste it toward the front of the show if you want to get a better read slot. Although mid-roll apparently is the highest dollar value ad slot for any podcast. But anyway, speaking of mid-roll, copy and paste and podcasting, the Bob and Kevin show, every episode since, I don't know, episode 70-something, has been brought to you by Beatty Bar Media. And let me just tell you about Beatty Bar Media. Beatty Bar Media, owned and operated by Josh Beatty Bar. He is the show's uh, editor, engineer. He's just our overall just magician. But uh, Beatty Bar Media also gets involved in video production, any audio production. If you are a digital creator, you need to hook up with Josh at Beatty Bar Media because he will allow you to be the pure content creator that you want to be and not get bogged down by the editing, post-production, sweetening, all that kind of stuff. Josh takes all that off your shoulders. Um, and if you are interested in using Beatty Bar Media, there is a special offer for listeners of the BK show. You just go to BeattyBar.media and that's B-A-T-Y dash B-A-R-R dot media slash BK show. And you just fill out the little form there and that gets you a 10% discount on your very first project with Beatty Bar Media. Um, it's been a great gift to our show uh, just to be able to get the mics set up and turn on the lights and the cameras and just go. And we just uh, really appreciate everything that Beatty Bar Media does for us. Kev, got anything to add to that? Nope. And now back to the show. <laughs> now back so, to robots. Bill's paid. Thanks, Josh. All right. So, so just a quick aside on Sophia. Is it art? Let me ask you about, I know I've asked you this before, but just, just to kind of put it in context of this, can, can a robot feel emotion? Can a robot feel bored, boredom? I don't know. She bores the piss out of me when she's on screen. So, <laughs> can, uh, can a robot get scared? No, I don't think any of that. I don't possible. think so either. I don't. And in order for truly for artwork to come out of something, I think it has to have emotion. That's just my, my, my gut. So I don't even consider anything any computer does as art because it doesn't know what it created. All it does is, I think you showed me basically the, uh, it used a template to create, Sophia used the templates. Like I'm going to make this. And it's basically like a three-year-old crayon, like a melty crayon. It's like, everyone's like, Oh, that's great. No, all you did. You just, it's a template. You don't even, Sophia, what did you draw? I don't know. It's not in my programming. She worked with an artist you who know? gave a starting point and then, <laughs> God, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. Uh, Sophia added her own personal flair to the, uh, to the template, the starting point. And so basically it was a collaborative piece, but yeah, I mean, yes, you, you've said thing, you said the words that I use all the time. Like it was a three-year-old's crayon or paint on top of digital paint first of all digital paint um right remember that i said digital paint uh, so but yeah it was very infantile but that's what you would expect she's very she sophia is very much in her infancy as an ai i mean this is part of their marketing speak i apologize um i'm really torn oh, on all this i was gonna ask i was gonna i was gonna remind our listeners if you've ever heard us talk about ai before We've basically come to the conclusion, Bob, tell me if you've come off this opinion. I don't think you have. Maybe you have. What is AI? What is AI in 2021? It's just a series of this if-then-elses. 
it's marketing, right? Yeah. It's it's like, ooh, what what can we sell that we've been selling, but we'll sell more by adding sizzle words? I know. We'll say it's AI. Okay. So how does it work differently? Well, it's kind of like the cloud. It's just like that computer <laughs> underneath your desk, but it's in somebody else's house. Oh, but we'll call it the cloud. And then we'll say things like serverless, but we all know that it does have a server. So why do we call it serverless? Because it sells. Well, because so, people caught on Sorry, to, uh, people caught on to cloud. Yeah. So then serverless is now a thing. Oh no, the cloud up you figures out there. It's just another warehouse somewhere. But now it's serverless. Yeah. Is there such thing as serverless in the cloud? Is that a thing? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Azure. Backed you know, by that's, blockchain. It's basically Azure Functions. <laughs> and uh, over in AWS, it's Lambda. It's basically serverless to me, I think, is basically like we can't point to a computer that's yours that you're renting because it's all virtual. That's what serverless is. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's virtualization on a server. So it's just like, okay, we're just, yeah. Right. So we've got AI, we've got the most computational power we've ever had. So we can run more if than else's in multiple branches faster than we've ever had before. And so now somehow that is artificial intelligence. Yes. Speaking of, faster and whatnot blockchain because nfts are blockchain based the the dig on blockchain is it's super not good as far as power efficiency so and i was thinking just the other day yet another thing we've talked about on the show streaming you know we talk about streaming back in the day what did we do we had a physical vhs we'll go with that <laughs> and then we had laser disc okay some people did not, not me i couldn't afford those then we had dvd blu-ray and now you have a hard time actually finding, you know, hard copy stuff because it's all streaming. And I get that it's like, oh, this is new and modern. But if, when we made the jump from physical DVD, Blu-ray to streaming only, and I've said this before, we're actually way more inefficient because you have to download that every time. When, the, when my daughters want to watch Tangled for the 3,000th time, <laughs> guess how many times it's downloaded? 3,000. It's just going over the wire. We're just wasting energy, it feels like. So you don't have any local I don't know, storage. Just, I don't think Apple TV or any of that does that locally. It it you have to stream it every time. Oh wow! You have to pull it in. You know, same with um, and even like your Samsung TVs. You know, they have these like firmwares that you can use Netflix. Do you really think they're sitting on a huge hard drive or a bunch of RAM? No, no, no. Yeah. I know that streaming for <laughs> sure. But sometimes when you purchase a movie, they. There, there was a transition where you could actually download it. It just had uh oh, it had rights. iTunes, management. you can do that. Yeah, you can do that on uh, iTunes. So if I were on the, my computer here and I went to iTunes or whatever they call it now, it, you when you buy it through there, it says, "Do you want to download it now?" You can download that. You can sideload it into something. But if you're just using a typical streaming device, it's just a super wasteful. Nope, sorry, download it again. All two gigabit of information or whatever it is. Um, okay. Sorry, on my soapbox here. Uh, let me ask you a provocative question, Bob. Wow. Would we you been provocative up to this point? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say we go back to episode one of the Bob and Kevin show. We somehow turn that into an NFT. I'm sure there's a way. Would you would you be willing to sell episode one as an NFT for no matter what the price? You know, let's say it's an egregious amount of money. And if so, who cares? I mean, would you care? Would you be like, would you be sentimental at all? I'll be like, oh, somebody owns the first episode. Or you'd be like, I don't care. I can just go to YouTube and 
watch it if I want. <laughs> Could, yeah, I guess as long as that wasn't a condition of the sale. Uh, first of all, hell yeah, I would sell an NFT of an episode. I mean, I was involved in a conversation the other day in the podcasting community and the question was, you know, how much is your podcast worth? And I'm like, I think we're about minus 2,500 K right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's whatever we pay for hosting, um, wasted time and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, we do get discounts on our sponsors, you know, so there's that. So, but yeah, I'm pretty sure we're in the red. So I would sell an NFT of episode one. If someone would, if some sucker would buy it, sure. But that brings up a really good point though. Someone like a Joe Rogan, could probably turn episode one into an NFT and sell it for a pretty penny. Not like that dude needs any money, but. Well, now you've given me pause. So if we were to sell the first episode, what are we selling? The the NFT version of it or the actual rights to rebroadcast it, do what you want with it. Cause I think it's the former, right? When you sell an NFT of a digital item, you, you're not granting somebody the right to duplicate it. You're not giving somebody the right to publish it, right? You're just basically saying, here's a collector item. Yep. There you, there you go. Have a nice day. Thanks for the $6 million or whatever you just paid, <laughs> sucker. You know? We throw a little right? commentary at the beginning like, hey, thanks, NFT purchaser. This is your very personalized copy of the Bob and Kevin Show episode 001. So yeah, I don't know how I that works. I think with catalog, the one practical use might be if you want to verify that this is an authentic copy of something, as opposed to say a uh, bootleg version. Can you think of any other like good practical uses of this sort of thing besides uh, young crypto people or GameStop stock buyers who have nothing better to do with their money? Well, I think we touched upon it a little bit earlier when we were comparing it to the physical art world. So a a notable piece of art would have an ownership record, some authenticity documentation that would hopefully be hard to forge. I think as time wears on, we're going to get farther and farther away from uh, heirloom quality physical pieces of art. I mean, we'll have the ones that we have now, but eventually those may actually, you know, unless they're cared for properly. And so digital might be the artist collector's medium of the future. So maybe that's where I'm gonna, it's I'm gonna, starting. I'm going to agree and disagree with you. So a lot of times I'll watch sci-fi shows and be like, oh, look at that. I see the new skyline of New York and it looks all round the buildings and space agey. And it's like, you know, 20 years in the future, 50 years in the future, but you know what? I think that's totally wrong. I think 50 years, 100 years in the future, it's still it's the Empire State Building. And it's still, you know, <laughs> that building over there. Only if it's still they're there. They're not going to knock these things down. Only well, if it's still there. I don't think they're going to... I think the future of, like, um, like sci-fi, I think, would do better if they're like, you know, 100 years from now, it's going to kind of look like it does now. It doesn't look like Marty McFly in Back to the Future 2 or, like, you get fired over, like, this weird fax machine <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be flying cars yet, maybe. But, but I think hope about, I'm wrong on that one. But think about, like, if you go to a museum of natural history, or an art museum for that yeah. matter, every single piece of Degas' artwork, which could be collectible, is not available anymore. Like, every day that goes by, those pieces start to vanish. The Mona Lisa probably will not list, exist in physical form till the end of time. True. 
but will tangible things... So here, here's what I think is the fallacy. I don't think we're moving towards a future. Maybe you're not saying this. We're, we're not moving towards a future where everything's digital and we're eventually going to be a, a brain in a vat and we plug in. I think we're always going to have tangible stuff. Like, look around in your house right now. You telling me that green screen? Hey, spoiler alert behind you. <laughs> that can't be digital. <laughs> you know, your bed can't be digital. You know, you can put something on the wall, but it's not the same if it's virtual. You want a tangible thing there. So that's point A. Point point B is we're conflating a little bit art world. We have the original, a physical, and then we have prints of that. Just so that's kind of a secondary physical. Just for the record, right? I, I turned off my green screen. I turned off the filter so everybody can see the green <laughs> screen now. The, the gigs up. They all know you're you're not. I don't even know what your background is, but <laughs> anyway, my my point is is um. I think we'll always have tangible. We may not always have tangible, like an original tangible artwork, but NFT, I think is trying to be like, Oh, if you want the original physical Mona Lisa, here it is. But they, they, they move to a place where there is no original, if you will. There's just a serial numbered thing that's traded. Well, there's been many artists throughout time that, that have done one of X though. Like you could buy, you know, like, Oh, do you have number one or do you have number 300? Cause number one yeah. is worth way more. So, so I can't believe I'm, I'm quoting or um, I'm referencing Pawn Stars twice in one episode, but on <laughs> Pawn Stars, they also, people bring in artwork. So they bring in the original painting, but sometimes they bring in lithographs and, and numbered, you know, prints and whatnot. And yes, Hey, we only made 50 of these prints. And that's kind of the same thing. So if you look at people go, oh, wait, wait a second, you're telling me you're going to sell me a, a, a print of the thing for $200, you know, just because I can, you're going to create this um, scarce demand on purpose, you know, so oh, there's only 50 of them. You better get in now. Well, what's to stop you from printing 50 more later? <laughs> there's only 50, you know? <laughs> so I think digital takes it to the next step of, absurdity where it's like wait a second we're taking something that's inherently infinitely copyable and we're trying to somehow change the heuristic of that and go no this is this one right here and this is like like salesman 101 going ah yes you could you could take those rocks on the ground over there but mine are much more pointy you need to buy mine mine are much more better for throwing at people you know it's like okay well you kind of shed a tiny little light on where i was going with this next and you actually mentioned this earlier with um you know the game stop and the you know the that whole Reddit stock craze, which we talked about a couple episodes back. I do think that there's a, a, a particular aspect of this, that this is almost like a new gig economy that, you know, someone will create a piece of digital art as cheesy as just manipulating something in Photoshop and put it out there for auction to make a couple bucks. And then the next person will say, well, you know, I owned this and I have some kind of like internet clout in some way, shape or form. Don't you want to be part of the ownership chain of this NFT? And so it goes from a, a two penny thing to a five penny thing to potentially a 10 penny thing. And so NFTs become a new like penny stock trade where it's just, it's a novelty to be part of the, the ownership record that's permanently engraved in the blockchain. That's, that's all going to happen. There's going to be some, fun story that it went from one penny. Now it's worth 10 million. The other story that you're also going to hear is that NFT that sold for 20 million is now, you know, the current owner is being sued because they, the person who created it when it was a penny created it illegally. 
So, so now the person who bought it for twenty million dollars, guess what? You get to forfeit that one. Oh shit! <laughs> I think there's legitimate you know? concern of what happens. You know. 18, 24, 36, 70 months down the line with this. My heart of hearts tells me that this is gone in 36 months. Like NFTs don't really do anything, but that was my next question for you. <laughs> do you think this is a fad? Because I kind of think so. Kind of like let's blockchain all the things was like all the rage, like two or three, four years ago. And now we're still like going, yeah, it works for crypto. And then somebody's like, okay, okay. What if, we do something called NFT. Huh? Huh? Stay with me. Who's with me? And then I think it's just going to be like, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, I don't know. But I, I don't think. Know, keep, keep thinking of a good thing for blockchain. I think if we rolled tape, if we went back to when we first talked about the blockchain, I would. Now I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. I would almost bet that we probably suggested <clears throat> something like this as being potential, like as far as like showing ownership. I know. In fact, I know how to wish I was a better show producer. Cause I would find the clip and <laughs> run it live. Josh hook us up. <laughs> I don't think that's in our budget, Bob. He's going to be like, no. yeah, I don't think I got to so. <laughs> go listen to an hour long episode for a 15 second snippet to prove that you guys already talked about something like this pass. Or to only find out we didn't. <laughs> yeah. <Nope>. Sorry, bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a fad. Um, I'd like to be proven wrong, but it's, it's like a fad for like billionaires and millionaires. It's like, it's like, huh, I really don't know what to do with all my money. I could give it to uh, the homeless, uh, you know, feed the hungry, help with cancer, or I can buy Jack's first tweet. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, really, people? Yeah, it's interesting the way it's it's a it can be a game for the lower end, but it, the the things that are getting all that big air are just like ridiculous. Like, who's got seven hundred grand to drop on a digital piece of art? You know. You know what I'm going to do this weekend, Bob? <laughs> I'm really curious now. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to try to create an NFT and list it for a ridiculous amount of money because why not? Well, what happens if, I, I actually if, thought that you were going to come to the show prepared with your own NFT. So I'm a little, I'm a little shocked it's going to happen this weekend. To well, be honest. I was going to do all that, but then I realized that I have a day job, a family and all that. And it's just, yeah, all that was like more important this week rather than me creating an NFT that won't sell for sure. But if you want to buy it, I'll let you know where, where it exists. Bob will tweet it out. Yes, I will. I will. Yes. This is going to be a really hard pivot, but it's not necessarily because um, you kind of opened the door. You did venture into a new digital enterprise since our last episode. Do you want to talk about it? Because I think there's some interesting stuff there that I that I know I want to ask questions about. Are we talking about uh, getting a record label? And, yes, that's uh, exactly that what I'm. Yes, okay. that's okay. exactly was, where I'm going. This is gonna be really awkward if you're like, no, keep guessing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awkward. Um, so, I, I'm an amateur musician. I play every Sunday at church in a worship band. What I play on Sundays is not what I play on Sunday night, if you will. So I, didn't, I, I have. Very I didn't want all those musical. details. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so. I, I started uploading SoundCloud. A lot of people do that who are just, you know, just want to get some little exposure. It's social media for musicians. But SoundCloud, just like anything else, if you don't find traction there, maybe look elsewhere. And so what I, I wanted to do was solve the problem that I had 
which was, I can't say, hey, um, home device, play my songs on SoundCloud. <laughs> I couldn't say her name. I mean, because she's staring right at but me. But you it's could awkward. press play on your computer, though, right? Uh, oh, you want me to actually? No, I'm no, not no, going to no, play no, any no, of the no, songs right now. Instead of talking weird. to digital assistant, you could just hit play and probably play it out throughout your oh, house. Oh, I could. Right? I could. Yeah. I could, but... Um, but it's way cooler to say, hey, digital assistant, rock me out. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, how do I go from from not being listed on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, to being listed on Apple, Amazon? So I just did a simple Google, and, and there's uh, distributors, just like a podcast syndicator. So Bob and Kevin Show is available on all these platforms, not because we're... Um, super in the know on how it all works we use aggregators who get our material out well the music well, industry has a similar sort of caveat setup, I, right? I did submit us to a lot of those services so <laughs> all right bob <laughs> bob did a lot of the work i did none of the work as you can tell <laughs> um so i wanted to get on these services so usually if you go to spotify and you click their little text and go Hey, if you're an artist, you want to be on here. You scroll, scroll, scroll. Too bad. <laughs> you can't get on here. Because you have to uh, basically come through a record label is pretty much what it says. However, it does link off to record labels that will work in reverse. So I can pay 20 bucks a year. That's what I did to get in the aggregator. And now I'm on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. And it feels really cool to be on there as a musician and i was like wow a that was easier than i thought it was going to be and b that's really cool so if you want to actually listen to some of my craziness just search my name so it'll be kevin in the regular spelling of gisheski <laughs> not not the alternate one <laughs> kidding <laughs> you'll you'll figure it out if you really want it that bad you'll go find me but um yeah so it was really cool and i have all these music tools here at home this one i'll try to show for the camera is one of my favorites it's a, called a akai mpk mini it's a small keyboard um i've also got kind of looks like a sound pad but you can assign midi functions to this similar to right there so i do a lot of midi recording i do analog recording with the guitars and whatnot but uh yeah that was pretty fun maybe i should make uh what were they called nfts out of that's kind of what i was thinking yeah kevin's first commercial song can be yours for 50 cents so (laughs) did it propagate to spotify yet because i think that was the one yes Uh, I'm on Spotify, uh, confirmed on there. I listened to it. Uh, Grant, my son, he, that's the only thing he's got. In fact, turns out a lot of people only have Spotify. So a few people were waiting and yes, I'm on there now. I'm on Apple music. I'm on, uh, Amazon, which is what we have here at home for, for the assistance. She's looking at me again. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she's blinking. Like I, I can sense you. Can yes. I? Um, <laughs> but it's cool. I'm going to add more. My uh, my music usually happens more in the winter when I can't get outside as much because my summer, my weekends are usually occupied by my woodworking, which is uh, my Etsy stuff with the wife. And that's a scribbler.net. And uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of the lowdown. You said you had questions. Well, some of it was the the propagation. I mean, it was so quick. Like you got on Apple Music in a heartbeat. Yes. So that's really just all handled by With, the, the yes. record label service, right? Yes. And so if I want to, so I, I produced a four song album uh, over, you know, 
period of time with zero, uh, you know, thought that I was going to put it on Apple I think we call, or I think Spotify. the kids call that an EP. Yeah. I, <laughs> extended play. I don't, what's so extended about it? I don't know. Um, so, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. So just on a whim, uh, I did it. And then uh, if I want to add another song, I just upload the song. You fill out some metadata and they propagate it to the stores. And I'm starting to figure out, this is, I think, how Beyonce and Taylor Swift do it. Of course, you know, they just upload their songs and then they show up in the, in the stores. But I'm sure they have a better relationship with um, Apple and Spotify directly. They may not have to go through a third party. Maybe they do. I don't know. Some of my other musician friends, I think they've used services like CD Baby and things like that. So, I mean, I think there's lots of them out there. Is it $20 annually? $20 a month? Yes. Okay, $20 annually. $20 annually. I'm using a, a service that's called uh, DistroKid. DistroKid, so yeah. If you go to like app, if you go to Apple or uh, Spotify, it, it's kind of cool to see it. Hey, it shows that I have a record label. Whoa, what does this mean? Nothing, Kevin. means nothing. But it actually makes me feel kind of cool. So now are these like 99 cent songs or do you get like a royalty per play? Yeah. How does that all work? I'm still unsure <laughs> on how that works, uh, admittedly. So I know DistroKid is 100% revenue, which is crazy, meaning they'll give you 100% of everything. Just, for, just in exchange you pay your $20 for $20. Bucks. Yes. I guess now, it's probably smarter um, to get... If you contrast... Smarter to get that 20 bucks than like the fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a penny every time your song gets played. Right. So I also do um, you know, YouTube and... Uh, I do stock photography, like stock photography, you get like 40%. It's, it's like completely screw you over. It's totally not worth it for me. Is that still so working? Liked it here. Like, are, are people still downloading stuff? Yeah. Uh, I haven't uploaded stuff in years, but I get about a hundred bucks every six months. I get about a hundred bucks every six months from YouTube. It's beer money. Let's be honest. Cause I haven't made a, I haven't uploaded photos or done YouTube in a long time, but it's just like residual income. Hey, it's so this is yet another thing. Stick. I'm, I'm more likely to keep creating music because it's so much easier to produce audio than it is a full video thing. Of course, if you want to be a YouTuber and just be a gajillionaire and play in that rat race, you, you've got to constantly be uploading all the time. Just like I the just Bob and Kevin the, show. The stomach for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> episode 90, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> it took us forever to get Three there. years in, episode 90. Um, Woo! As far as royalties go, I couldn't set my price on the Apple stuff. It set it for me unless I want to upgrade my account. So, that it, sounds of course, DistroKid will take more money from you. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's Apple or if it's DistroKid. So who knows? Um, but it's 99 cents each, but it's free if you have Apple Music. Same with Amazon and whatnot. You know, it's free if you have the streaming service. But you've got to get a fraction um, of a I penny no for those, right? Like on a play? Yeah, I have no idea. I never read... I never read any fine print because I honestly, my, I just want to be in the stores. I don't think I'll ever get paid anything. What if you don't own it now? Did you get that far in the fine print at least? Yes. Yes. Um, because you can, if you get signed by a record label, you know, they're like, that's great. You know, it's in their FAQs, you know, that's great. See you. Bye. <laughs> you know, you know, that's, you know, a real record label. Um, I have no idea. I'm going to look this weekend for all I know. It's like for a thousand listens, you get a penny, Kevin. Sweet. But then I could say I'm a paid musician, right? You know, I'm pretty sure you've already been paid to play anyway, so I think you already checked that box. 
no, no, I, I do all volunteer music stuff. So, you know, churches, you know, they kind of, kind of don't, don't hire musicians necessarily. They hire, they hire like the, the leaders, but not the, not the volunteers. Um, anyway, so that's, that's my little journey of music. Um, it's kind of cool. Uh, watch the space as the kids say, I don't think the kids say that. Do <laughs> no, they don't. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, they said that like 20 years ago. They, they probably say, say it like anymore. and Liddy did or something like that. And then that's <laughs> that's supposed to mean watch this space. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Like, okay. I just made it up. <sighs> All right. What else we got, Bob? I think that uh I think we we've pretty much exhausted what we had on our list. I know we left stuff sitting on the table, but the NFT stuff was really something that had to had to get off my chest. It's so funny because Kevin and I, I don't, people who watch the show will know this or listen to the show. We have a pretty much an ongoing Slack conversation and we're good friends, but there's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about that is like show content. Literally, we say show content. So we start these conversations and then one of us will be like, Ugh, show content. And then it's like, oh shit, we got to find something else to talk about now. <laughs> so yep, that's how we do I like show. it because we're... <laughs> We're authentic yes. because we've never had this actual conversation like like I said beforehand. We haven't rehearsed any of this. It's and that's what makes uh, it a good show. What doesn't make it a good show if we flash back to like episode four on the YouTube when Kevin forgot to hit record and we had to redo the show all over again like it was the first time. I was that was that just felt. Weird. I was still pretty impressive how that <laughs> looked at the end though. It didn't look like. I mean, we did break a couple times and laugh our asses off because we had already done it. But <laughs> oh, good times, good times. So the other fun one we like to do is sometimes forget to switch to our good mics and we'll use our webcam mics because we're a bunch of idiots. And I think we've each taken a turn on that one. Yes. So. Some more recently yeah. than others. <laughs> um, All right. I think we wanted to bash on Bracco a little bit, but we'll save that for another time. Uh, we'll see who's listening to the end and see if we get any hate tweets for that. Uh we should do it like Marvel, be like, roll the credits here, and then like Come at the very back, end, yeah. we have this ominous music. <laughs> hey, let's talk about that one thing. Uh, See if people are actually still listening. We're definitely going to hit on social media again next episode, because we did leave some stuff on the table about uh, Trump making a comeback to social media, how some oh, yeah. even progressive members of government are kind of okay with that, because they think the slippery slope. Anyway... We'll catch that up on the next time because we are an hour in and we like to keep it to an hour. So, um, any closing thoughts for everybody watching, listening at home for on NFTs, Kev? In, <laughs> um, I will try to post one and for a ridiculous amount of money. And if you know anyone who needs to get rid of a ridiculous amount of money, please send them my way. There also, do That's another right. one, a derivative of the original one, for a really low cost because I'd like to see if one gets transacted. Period. The end. Um, I don't know if you've seen, and I'm just totally extending the show now, um, but when you win, and a lot of these are auction-based, you have to pay a gas fee on top of that. And the gas fee is basically the Ethereum network transaction fee. And that fee sometimes is way more than the, than NFT. the actual yep. token you just bought. I did see that. I, again, I just don't, I don't get that. <laughs> so, whatever. All right. Well, kids, kids don't do NFTs. <laughs> 
Or if you do, let us know how it went and how we can be filthy rich while the fat lasts. Yes. Be sure to find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, Amazon, any place where podcasts are found. You can always catch old streamed episodes on the YouTubes and uh, Twitch. They last for a couple weeks, I think. But uh, other than that, till next time, right? Watch this space for the first episode of the Bob and Kevin show to become an NFT. Watch this space. That's what I'm saying. Yep. And I'm going to roll the intro and we'll just talk to y'all next time. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin show? Well, first you can try us via email at comments at Bob and Kevin show.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin show or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>